first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Hello, I'm Carly Chardonnay Webb. And I'm Gawn Ennis. And you're listening to the Trans Sporter Room. Trans, sports, sci-fi, and other stuff. And there's been a lot of other stuff in the news. It's a huge, huge, huge development all in the same day. First, it all started off with a federal district court judge in Brooklyn, New York, saying that Donald Trump's, um, the Trump administration's planned restrictions on health care for trans people blocked like the Kembe Mutombo out of there. Out of there, the ruling is can't do it. And that is a key start. Those rollbacks would have meant it would have meant a lot of trans people in this country dying. And then HB 500 in Idaho, Judge David Nye rules for the injunction, which means that HB 500 doesn't go into effect, which means that trans kids in Idaho can play sports at the scholastic and the collegiate level. And Don, it's always, it's always great when inclusion wins, but inclusion won big this week. It's an amazing development that this would happen both on Monday when I, I don't think we were looking for it. We expected that it might be weeks before we get a decision in HB 500. And as far as the Trump administration, oh, it couldn't come at a better time with the Democratic National Convention starting. The Democratic National Convention, of course, has a platform that is accepting and endorsing of trans women, of trans girls, of trans athletes. I don't want to get into politics, but let me just say that was a great way to start off the week. I'm really excited for the future because I think, as the judge wrote, that even though there are people on both sides of this debate, constitutionally, Idaho cannot restrict a certain type of person, a class of people, just because of their identity. Supreme Court said so, and now I think in a couple of weeks or months, Idaho's courts will say so. So I'm excited to see that lawsuit proceed, and who knows what will happen in, I guess it's about 85 days until the election, but all these Trump rollbacks, I have a feeling they're going to be re-rolled back. Well, I can tell you one thing I was very pleased about was that I can tell you, uh, Judge Nye really put his finger on the pulse of what a lot of the what a lot of this um, legislative maneuvering by groups like the Alliance Defending Freedoms are all about. I like the fact that he called them out. I like the fact that at one part he said, "Quote: It is difficult to ignore the circumstances under which the act was passed, as COVID nineteen was declared a pandemic, and many states adjourned their state legislative session indifferently. The Idaho legislature stayed in session." To pass HB 500 and pass HB 509 into law on the same day. I mean, 
He said, it seems that this act, it suggests this act was motivated by a desire for transgender exclusion rather than equality for women athletes. Mic drop. <laughs> In the story you wrote earlier this week, it was, uh, it was yesterday, you mentioned that the Alliance Defending Freedom claimed victory. What was that all about? Well, they did get one thing. They got one thing. They got bit on the main issues. They were trying to get the lawsuit thrown out. That wasn't going to happen. And they were trying to get the injunction. And they were trying to annul the injunction. That didn't happen. But they tried to claim victory because they will get the two Idaho State University track and field athletes, Madison Kenyon and Mary Kate Marshall, to intervene in the defense of the law. And they wrote a press release where they trumpeted this. But there was one part, the part that drew my eye was when they talked about Kenton and Marshall, they, they ran against, quote, a male. Our clients have already experienced the deflating experience of losing to a male runner, and this should not be allowed to continue. Now, a memo to Kristen Holcomb from the attorney from the ADF. I know, I know you went to law school, and I know that your mother taught you manners. Um, and the person that you're talking about, she has a name. Her name is June Eastwood. She was a student athlete at the University of Montana. She graduated in 2020. And Kenton Marshall only ran against her once. It was during the cross-country season. And believe me, Kenton Marshall would have to sue most of the field because that's how far they were behind. But you of the ADF take every opportunity to misgender transgender women. I find it rude. And I find it conduct unbecoming people who who suppose themselves as educated and dignified people. You are neither, you are undignified, cruel, and cold. And I don't know about anybody else, but I, I enjoy seeing you people lose again and again and again and wallow in your cruelty. And Even they will continue to lose. We're going to keep winning. They will keep losing and we will keep winning. You know what? There's a new podcaster in town. He's new to the scene. D. Gill or D. Darius Gill. Gilchrist. That, yeah, that game day T. We're, we're beaming him up right now from San Francisco. Darius Gilchrist, welcome. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to the Transported Room. Yeah. <laughs> welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I have been waiting all day to do this with you all. Well, we loved listening to you on Level Playing Field, and I've been catching up on your other podcasts, your own podcasts. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about why you decided to become a podcaster, which, you know, anybody can do it, but not everyone can do it as well as you have. Oh, thank you. Well, so I am gay, shocker, but I also like sports, shocker. <laughs> and I felt like there was not a voice, well, that I, I wanted to recognize and agree with talking about sports. I wanted to talk about sports in my own way, my own twang, my own twist, my own lingo. And I just wanted to be very me. So I got out to California in 2016 and every straight guy or I met was like, oh dude, yeah, we want to talk about sports. And I'm like, yeah, I can talk about sports. I ran through 2,300 yards and won the game. What? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go to the gay club tonight. Do you want to go? <laughs> but so I, I found that bump it quarantine has got me a little bit of extra time as 
as everybody knows. And I said, let's do it. The game day tea was born. Here we are. Now, now a lot of people who look like me, <laughs> there are people out there who don't understand the whole idea of spilling tea, which is really sad. I hate to do this to you, but would you give everybody who's not with it, who's not woke, what you mean by tea? Because you aren't talking about Lipton. <laughs> I sure ain't. I sure ain't. So what I'm talking about when I talk about tea, it's a common, for some folks, <laughs> lingo that says, like, tea is like gossip. So when you say, ooh, girl, what's the tea? When I, like, when I greet my friends, say, what's the tea, girl? Like, what's going on? How are you? It can mean several things. It just wants to know. Let's have a conversation. And so when I say the game day tea, I'm referring to let's talk. Let's have a conversation about sports. I know that lingo. But for yourself, what, what do you think is the myth? I mean, in a sense, you're busting a stereotype and you're fighting a misconception. How do you respond to those who will say at first, okay, black gay dude. Y'all know a dang thing about sports. How do you feel about that? How do you answer that? Well, I would say, listen, one, listen to one of the episodes of the Game Day T. Uh, feedback is very important for me, as I have come to know when podcasting. And a lot of people have said, I have learned so much from listening to your podcast. Way more than I thought I would ever, you know, even thought I would get listening to your podcast. And that's the stereotype I want to break. It's like everybody enjoys enjoys sports, you know, and this it's just not out there that, you know, the LGBT community knows what the heck they're talking about. So anybody that doubts me, take a listen to the podcast. Tell us a little bit about why you're a member of the outsports community. What's your interest in sports? Tell me about where was your first love in terms of sports? Because I love baseball. Ever since I was four years old, I'm a Mets fan. That's my that's my sport. I love hockey. I love the Islanders where I grew up. I like the other sports too, but those are my two big ones. How about yourself? I am a huge baseball and football fan. And it really my love for sports came from growing up wanting to play sports, but in fourth grade I had a massive asthma attack. My parents shut that down quick. <laughs> They weren't having it, and like my my dad just still wanted me to be involved, and it caught on, you know. And I just I, I can tell you everything about sports. I just can't play, and I was not good. Basketball, <laughs> hang it up, honey. <laughs> Football, don't even talk about it, honey. But I can tell you everything that goes on at the professional and co collegiate level that you would even want to know. So I, I I'm a huge Atlanta Braves fan. Through and through, Atlanta Falcons fan through and through. Let's not talk about the Super Bowl, please. Moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I just love sports. And specifically with outsports, what I'm interested in outsports is I find myself, especially since I moved out to the San Francisco Bay Area, I want to be more of a voice and activist for the LGBTQ plus community. And like, I love this, the, uh, the article that outsports puts out about you know, trans inclusion, uh, different people coming out, the stories, how they have to hide. Who, the, the population does not know, the general population does not know what we go through. And outsports is that voice of saying, hey, here's a story about a person on your base, on your baseball team that you probably didn't even know was going through this. And this is how they felt. And, you know, 
go tell your other friends, hey, did you know about this stuff? Do you think you have anybody on your team? Hey, I know a coach. Are you providing uh, programs to help your uh, LGBTQ people in your team? Are you? It's, it's, I, I love it. That's what we try to do here at Out, Out Sports is try, like you, like you said, bring the tea. Now, mm-hmm. one thing, grew up in Decatur, Georgia, Atlanta sports yeah. fan. So mm-hmm. I want to know, in your mind, what – in your mind, what is what it what has caused the Atlanta sports curse? What will it take to break it? Girl, I think we are. I think Atlanta was built on an Indian burial ground. Something I don't know what is going on down there. And, and the way Atlanta teams lose, it's just not that that is the curse exists. They will get you all the way, thinking that we're about to win a championship. One play here or there. One playoff game from here or there and will crush your little heart. And I, to be honest, some of the teams are a little soft, in my opinion. Like, I look at other players' rosters, and especially football, I'm like, oh, we need some more beefy, man. Why are you looking all strong, man? <laughs> I, I just think it has to, it just has to be a cultural shift change, I believe. And that goes all the way from the owners to all the way to the players. Right. Following up now, now following up to that, because one thing I noticed is like, you okay? You rocking some? You rocking a lot of Georgia gear. You're rocking. Mm-hmm. You're rocking a lot of Georgia gear. You're a Falcons fan. What broke your heart more? The the Super Bowl comeback for the Patriots. And full disclosure, I live in New England. Can't stand the Patriots. I'm a Steelers fan. Or, mm-hmm. or Georgia, or the Georgia Alabama national championship game. Wait what a minute. He asked you not to worse. bring up the Super Bowl. <laughs> what? I, I want to know what hurt worse. I, hey, I'm okay. I hate the Patriots as much as they do. I don't. I. I don't even know if my first breakup hurt worse than that Super Bowl. <laughs> that just to be leading for three quarters of football and to think about this for a second. Uh, Twenty-eight to three. You're not supposed to lose the game. Uh, Don, I would equate that to, like, baseball. Your team is lo- is up 15-3 to three in the seventh inning. You're not supposed to lose that game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it just, it's just not supposed to happen. So, when that when that fourth quarter started and Tom Brady, I, I do not like the Patriots, but I got to get into his props. He is the GOAT. When he started marching that team up and down the field scoring, my heart was just breaking into millions of pieces and that I, I was I was not okay for a week like I shut my phone off and don't talk to me <laughs> it was bad <laughs> I gotta tell you it is hard being an LGBT sports fan like you said you know people don't understand there are a lot of us out here it just seems to me like when I was at the advocate which was my first full-time job after uh, coming out and getting uh, canned over at ABC. I uh, was called Sports Girl because I was the only one who was interested in writing about sports. The gay men and women I worked with had no interest whatsoever. But there are a lot of us, a lot more than people think. What do you say to people when you are um, being out as yourself, but also being very outspoken as a fan of your Atlanta teams and trying to be more active in your Bay Area teams? Do people like question, like, do they, they, they Understand there is no disconnect between being a gay man and being a sports fan? I think there is 
from my personal experience, there is still some disconnect. I have over, what, 2,400 Facebook friends. I will post something about sports, and I won't even get a response. But let me post a picture of myself. We're getting, like, hundreds of comments. You know, so I'm like, okay, like, is it me that they think that I don't know what I'm talking about, so they don't engage? I really want to know. That's a good question. What is the disconnect thinking that we don't know what we're talking about? And I, I, I really do appreciate the people that have reached out to me. My, y'all, y'all have heard my episode. So y'all know how sometimes I can get a little raunchy and, and, and how I can get. And my own mother said, you know what? I learned so much. Now, I didn't know whether to cry because she heard my mouth or to be happy to say, oh, my goodness, like my own mom who was alone for the ride growing up for sports really didn't care that much, learned so much about sports. So if I can get a little bit more of my mother out of everybody else, we can get somewhere. Now, Darius, I'm hey Darius, I'm with you on that. And I've worked in sports. I mean, Don has worked in a great deal. We both have worked in journalism. Don and I. I've worked in sports and journalism most of my career, and I've and I still deal with people trying to mansplain me about sports. And around, I've worked in it for 26 years. Now, Darius, one thing because we going now. Not only are we going to talk like we going okay. We got to talk like some family here for a second. Okay, what what's it like when you have to deal with our folk and you know what I'm talking about who come at who 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 try and chest up to you and say you're LGBTQ or whatever you're the alphabet people you don't know nothing and you for example you're not a part of this movement that is that we're dealing with right now in addition to you don't know sports how do you answer to that I come back 10 times harder. The worst thing we can do right now is to just sit back and say, okay, you got it. No, ma'am, Pam. <laughs> not this one well... over here, not DQ. No, I'm coming right at you with the stats, with the facts, with the links. Everything you think you didn't need to know, DQ was going to let you know what you needed to know, baby. Because I, I, it's, it's 2020. No more silence. It, that's done. Like, like, like how the city girls say it, period. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's done. Period. <laughs> it's done. I have to represent. It starts with me. If I can start it, maybe somebody else sees it and say, hey, I, I know your mom, your dad tried to suppress your sexuality. I know they tried to force you to do this and that. Be out. Be strong. If you know what you're talking about, hell, know what you're talking about. But you know what? Us folks, especially LBGT folks, when we're talking to our other folks, we got to really know what we're talking about because the moment we slip up, it's the impulse are going to fly. And they say, I told you you didn't know nothing. So you got to know what you're talking about. And you're going to be out there and proud and with it, you know? There is a widespread myth among white LGBT people and their allies that black folk do not support the LGBT, that it's against the church and that the uh, establishment black folks just cannot understand or appreciate or support LGBT. What's your what's been your experience, Darius? I agree. I'm about to drop some history for you, okay? So, 400 years ago, slavery started. Slave trade, the route came from Africa to and for, for the United States, South Carolina and North Carolina. But what people don't know or may not know about is that it did come all the way from Africa to in the Bahamas and uh, Jamaica and all that, right? So when they came over there, these people were big, big, strong, 
human beings. And what they did was called butt-breaking, where you had to demasculate the African man. How did they do that? Where do you think the term mother ever came from? They made these big males have sex with their own mothers. They made the males have sex with other males to, to make them feel like they were inferior to the white man. Fast forward a whole bunch of years forward, that, that imprint on our minds, what people have seen, the stories that have been told from generation to generation, it puts homosexuality. And when people think about homosexuality, what do they think about sex? Oh, y'all doing it, y'all doing it, y'all doing it. They don't think about we love each other, you know, we provide each other, we can raise families. Also, no, they want to think about the sex part, right? So they're thinking that and they're saying that's negative because of what my ancestors went through, so I can't support that. And it's sad. And I think more education needs to be out there saying we are human just like everybody else. Tell it. Tell it. Now, Darius, how, I mean, what was your coming out story like? And in a sense, how did sports play a role in that in any way? Sports, you know, by the time I came out, I was 16 and I was in marching band due to the fact that, you know, I had a massive athlete in fourth grade. My parents nixed that. But nevertheless, it's an interesting tale. So it was 10th grade. It was my family's uh, year to host Thanksgiving at my house. Me being young, I had to give up my room to my auntie and uncle. Now, Darius, little, little hot-ass Darius, had a girlfriend and a boyfriend back then. Uh, <laughs> what? What? Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, you was like that mm-hmm. player. Let me spell that to you right quick. Darius had a little girlfriend and boyfriend. Now, does that mean that, that, mean that you feel like you were bisexual at the time or you just were exploring or – I hate to say this, and sorry if you're going to listen to this, baby girl, but you was just a cover up. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was gay as, as everything. And I, but, but you know, look, religion and cultural experiences have caused me to do that. Now that I think about it. But um, so I had a whole bunch of letters from my boyfriend at the time hidden in my sock drawer. And my mom made me clear out all of my socks so my auntie and uncle could put their clothes in it. For whatever reason, tell me why I put my letters underneath the Thanksgiving table. So I get downstairs on Thanksgiving Day. The table is moved. So what do you think happened to my letters? <laughs> they was gone. And when I said gone, I'm frantically, like, I need, I couldn't even eat. I'm sitting at the table shaking, rocking, rocking like I'm withdrawing or something. I'm like, because I'm like wondering what, what happens to my letters, who has my letters. It's my cousins, it's my mom, it's my dad. I was basically forced to come out because my mom, when everybody left, she said, what is this? And I said, um, um, that's, 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 uh, 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 she said, this is your name. This is your hand right now. No, my son. I said, okay, that's me. But you know, it went well. And guess what my mom said? She been new. <laughs> she knew since I was five. So, hey, there we go. That's me coming out to my family. At least. A quick thing. Since you was in the marching band, I want to, okay, we're going we're gonna to get out right here. Best HBCU mm-hmm. marching band. Who you got? Bethune-Cookman University. I marched there for two years, so I am a little biased in that. So <laughs> Bethune-Cookman University Wildcats in Daytona Beach, Florida. That's my favorite uh, marching band. BC Wildcats. Okay. I can run with that. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, we've got this little sound we play. Here it is. 
whenever it's time to take a break. And when we come back, Darius, I want you to tell everybody about how you contracted the coronavirus and how you handled it. What was it like? How you survived. We'll talk about that on the other side of this break. You're in the transporter room. And welcome back to the transporter room. Carly Chardonnay Webb along with Don Innes. Darius Gilchrist of the Game Day Tea Podcast is with us. And Darius, while you were starting your podcast and while you've been rolling through this pandemic, just trying to suffer through like the rest of us, um, you had a little bout with COVID. What went down? Okay, so let me give you a little background. I am an occupational therapist as my full-time job, and I worked in a nursing home. So when, when Governor Newsom put us on lockdown, I, was, I did that. I didn't go out. I didn't use social distance except for June 27th. June 27th, I went to my partner has a niece who turned 21. And they said, oh, it will be okay. We're, we're just, it's going to be eight of us. So it'll be a little small get together. This is my, you know, um, first outing with going somewhere where I didn't know these people. I went to the party, July 30th, my partner gets the coffin, sneezing in the fever. And I'm like, oh, goodness. July 1st, I go to work. I go home. Fever is 101 degrees. Oh my we goodness. Call my, we call my apartment sister. Four people, four other people are experiencing the same thing. Six out of us, six out of the eight got coronavirus. I'm freaking out because, as I told you all earlier, fourth grade had a massive asthma attack. I've read about, you know, how pre existing additions, everybody knows if you have asthma, diabetes, all this other stuff, coronavirus hits you harder. And for whatever reason, it's hitting people of color more. So I had two strikes against me as far as me, you know, really having to, to overcome COVID. July 3rd, I'm out of breath. I'm like, okay, well, it's, it's okay. I have my post ox. It went down to 95%. Flash forward to July 6th, my oxygen saturation is 89%. The doctor says you need to go to the hospital at 92%. I go to the hospital for a couple of days. I get out. However, I, I cannot breathe again. My oxygen goes back down to 89%. I go in the hospital. They put me on oxygen. Tell me why I have blood clots and pneumonia. I have to be on blood thinners for the next three months. So I'm due to get off of them in September. And I tell you, it was horrible. I have such empathy for all my patients that I had to treat that had COPD, that had oxygen, woke up, you just the feeling that you cannot breathe is just awful. I hope nobody goes through it. What was it like? What's the best way of describing it? It's just, you just can't get enough air. No matter how much you personally breathe, and that's when you inhale through your nose, when you exhale like you're blowing bubbles or a candle, that's what the doctors tell you. You just cannot get enough air. You cannot hold your breath. Walking, forget about it. <laughs> Stairs, forget about it. It's awful. It's just awful, and you, you the chills, right? So you're so cold, you're shaking, freezing. But the moment you put on layers or you put on a blanket, your temperature goes up even further. So you're basically can't breathe, and you're just 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 shaking because you're cold. Now I understand a lot of people are saying, oh, it's like the flu. I had it. And I I was asymptomatic. But for some of us out there, it's awful. Now, 
What do you say to those people who, who say, I ain't wearing no mask. I ain't doing none of that. Stay your butt home. Stay, stay from around me because I don't want to get it <laughs> anymore. And if you're being selfish. And, and Dawn, I feel for you because the people that are saying kids are healthy, to me, it's not so much about the kids. I respect the data that's saying that the kids aren't dying like adults are. However, I don't want kids affecting teachers and principals and janitorial staff and cafeteria staff. That's what I'm more concerned about. But nobody wants to talk about that. No, it's what true. It's true. The elderly. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and kids do get it and die and everything. It's not the same numbers, obviously. But what I'm really concerned about is I think that there's a large part of this country that thinks that it's just the flu. And it's not the flu. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a pandemic. This is like the worst thing since 1918. No, right. this is some nastiness right here. There's no choice about it. Yeah. I'm just wondering, there's so somebody who also uh, talking about some sports. Should they start college football or not? I want them to, but I don't think they can. I think baseball is really pushing it as far as them not having the bubble. And they are, we, everybody knows about the Marlins and the Cardinals and those big outbreaks, right? However, when you're talking about rosters of 50-plus uh, support staff traveling to different states, and you add in, they still have to go to college and interact with the college students. I just hang it up, black screen. Yeah, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a person that says, hey, I love me. I grew up in Nebraska. I love me some college football. Uh, and okay. my thing is, no. And I say, shut this thing down. Shut it down. Set up a plan. Let's look for 2021. But you realize you're talking millions of dollars here. The money, the mighty dollar is what's behind all this. They don't care about the players in the field. They don't care about the fans in the stands. All these places care about is how much money they're losing. Well, well, Don, I, under, well, I understand that. It's called capitalism. But the point, but to me, I'm thinking first and foremost about these young people. I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about a kid like a Justin Fields or Lawrence down at Clemson, or all the un- or or all these kids who are playing on over 130 Division One teams. Because, Noah, that's the only division we're really talking about here. Like Don said, it's money. No, they shouldn't be playing. Well, no. no. Well, well, riddle me this. How did we shut down all these schools in the spring, and just because it's August, it's the time where kids usually go to school, it's all of a sudden okay to go back? When we ain't did Jack Diddley squat to improve the safety of America in general. So how does how, how does that resonate when you shut down churches and schools in the spring, but just because it's August, oh, it's back to school time. You let kids back on campus without doing any nationwide, federally mandated approach to combat this virus. Darius, as a new podcaster, yes. what's your ideal guest and what do you plan for your next podcast as a new podcaster my ideal guest would have to be dawn ennis you gave me an opening there i had a, i had to jump in i'm sorry now who's, well, who's, you who's your, who's your... calendar open because it's coming, okay? You too, Carly. So, uh, hey, we can invite. talk about some. I can talk about some Herschel Walker and some Lindsey Scott all day, every day. Let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah. Okay. Run, Lindsey. If you could pick anybody okay. in the whole world who's alive, had to be alive, 
Anybody, doesn't have to be a sports person, anybody in the world, who would you pick to be your podcast guest? I would have to say Seth Curry. Wow, Seth Curry. Yes, I I loved how he overcame a lot of doubters. You know, when he came in the league, he was really skinny, scrawny. And, and he bulked up, and, like, he's a multiple multiple NBA champion. And I I, I got to give it to him. And plus, he is so cute. If I had, if I had to go in person and interview him, Lord have mercy. Mm. I would pick, I'd pick <laughs> Michelle Obama, who spoke Monday night at the Democratic National Convention. I would love to have a yeah. one-on-one, or even a Carly and Dawn on, on, on Michelle Obama. That would be just awesome. How about you, Carly? Who's, be, who's your ideal guest for all dream, the whole world? A dream guest? I mean, I mean I'll, I'll tell you my, my dream. Actually, my dream guest, person I'd like, dream guest. That'd be a, ooh, that'd be a, Allison Felix would be my dream guest. Ooh. Multiple Olympic, multiple Olympic, Olympic sprint champion, Allison oh. Felix would be my oh. dream, would be my dream guest right now. I'm really vibing to her right now, and I'm hoping wow. she she gives it one more shot for Tokyo next year. Wow! And what's what do you have working on, Darius? What's the next uh, podcast that you've got going on? So right now, I am working on my my very bestie in the whole wide world, J Mac or Jaren. Uh, she goes by. We are doing a conversation. We're previewing the NBA NBA playoffs. They start today, but we're going to have that out very soon. You're going to laugh your pants off, and you're going to know a lot, learn a lot about the NBA. Well, that first assumes that I'm wearing pants, but okay. <laughs> hey, can, can we also get a little? Can can we get some wubble love with that too? Can wubble love. Can we get some WNBA? Can we get some? Can we get some wubble love with the half? Well, let's ask season? Darius about the wubble. Let's ask Darius. Darius, are you a fan of WNBA? And if so, why? And if so, not? Why not? I am. I am partial to Andrew McCartney and the Atlanta Dream. That's my team. I do need to get into it a little bit more. I'm not even gonna lie, but I, I'm all for it, and I really love how the NBA players are really sticking up and trying to improve representation for the WNBA as well. Well, this yeah. is the part of the podcast where we prove our name, Transporter Room. Now, I'm a huge Star Trek fan, always have been, but there's a movie I saw through my closed, my clenched fingers that you said is your favorite. What was the movie, Darius? Alien. Alien. Sigourney mm-hmm. Weaver playing Ripley. <laughs> mm-hmm. So y'all was aboard the Nostromo, huh? The, the Nostromo, yeah. Nostromo, yeah. whatever it is, yeah. I love that film. and I, I like the sequel, too. It's different, different tone in the sequel. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, uh, just that tone coming out the mouth and just killing folks. And you know the, the the nakedness and everything. It was like a movie that was just really out there. And as a young guy seeing that, I was like, oh my God, like this is what I like here. Now I wasn't attracted to her, but I really liked how that, that film really pushed the boundaries and I, combining sci-fi with you know, new innovative visuals. I, I loved it. And it was about a bunch of guys just working in space. Yafet Kodo, you know, and... Uh, you can never have enough Yafet Kodo. Oh, Harry Dean Stanton. Oh, he was great. Wow. The two of them, they were just great. And Ash. Oh, the e- evil robot Ash. Oh. <laughs> right. But can we talk about how good that queen looked, that queen alien? Like, that was legit terrifying. Like, how 
uh, it was just very scary how they made the queen look the big old elongated head and the tail and everything. That was really well done. Do you know that a Nigerian visual artist was the queen, played the queen? I Bol- don't know. Bolaji Badeho, a Nigerian visual art, uh, artist, a Nigerian visual artist and actor, became one of Hollywood's most unlikely on-screen performers in the role of the alien. Oh my goodness, I did not know that. Look at you spilling some sci-fi tea on this podcast. Hey, <laughs> hey, the, that's what we. Hey, it's what we do here. Exactly. Because, this, because, this, because yeah, because this facility represents a significant dollar value. Well, they can bill me. <laughs> well, well, what about uh, Lower Decks? You still watching Lower Decks, Star Trek Lower Decks, Carly? I am still watching Star Trek Lower, Lower Decks, but there's a couple of things. There's one thing I've also been vibing to, not necessarily sci-fi. What is it? But but it's but it's showing how the streaming combines, and and more and more companies are putting together some good content. Uh, I started watching Ted Lasso on on Apple TV. And what is that? And it's okay. Well, there's a little backstory. Two years ago, when NBC Sports Network started their coverage of the Premiership of the of the Black Case Premiership in England, they they got Jason Sudeikis to play this character called Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is is an American football college football coach who all of a sudden becomes he's named to be the new team manager of the at then Tottenham Hotspurs, and the idea is this is an American football coach now coaching what Britons call football. And basically, he's your typical, uh, he's tasked as this typical ugly American, kind of arrogant, doesn't know a dang thing about soccer. It was hilarious. Well, they, well, he and, a, and another screenwriter got together and said, let's make a series out of this. So, and Apple TV signed them. So they did a 10 episode, they're doing 10 ep, this 10 episode series about a guy who wins an NCAA Division II national championship and then gets a call from, a team in the premiership in England, a team also has a backstory where the team's owner gets the team in a divorce. And she's so pissed off at her ex-husband going after everything with the skirt. She says the best way she can hurt her husband is when taking the team and then crashing the team, forcing them to relegation. So she hires Ted Lasso to coach this team, except for one little problem. Somehow the team warms up to this guy and they start winning. And it's, it's got a lot of heart. It's got a lot of humor. Jason did a great job writing this. This is something that could have been very schlocky and very bad, and it's very good. The other thing is Lovecraft Country on HBO. That Ooh. made me get HBO. A lot of people are really talking about that. Yeah. I mean, it's this looks this looks like some. I mean, HBO first with the what with the revival of The Watchmen and giving it a very different slant to it, centering it around. Like just like they centered the, the Watchmen around the a backdrop of the Wall Street riot, Tulsa Wall Street uprising in 1921. Here, what they're doing is basically taking J.P. Lovecraft's sci- science fiction and adapting it to Jim Crow America in the 1950s. It wow. it looks very very good. The casting's excellent. I'm looking forward to this. It made it made me get HBO, and I'm it's hard for me to give up my money money. Just like Picard made, just like Picard made get CBS All Access. Hey, I'm like Ebenezer when it comes to this money. But if it's something good, I'll I'll pay that money. And right now, yeah, Lower Deck is funny. 
Lower Decks is side splittingly funny. Oh, it's very funny. And I love all the references and stuff. I have to watch that, it twice. You may have to send me that HBO password. Oh no, no, we don't. We don't oh, talk. Uh, about that. we, that's a, that's illegal. We wouldn't talk Darius. about that on a podcast that could be recorded Darius, and then Darius, I got prosecuted. You. No, 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 I that doesn't you. happen. We would never do something like no. that. Yeah, no, 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 no. We would never do anything like that. Um, people who listen to our podcast and would possibly prosecute us. No, that never happens. Mm-hmm. No, Darius, I'm going to ask you this one question before we go. Would you like to join the Outsports podcast team? We got an opening. Are you serious? I am serious. I am shocking you and surprising you. Randy Boos, Level Playing Field, has decided to retire from podcasting. And I've been doing a lot of listening to some game day tea. And I have been authorized on behalf of the Vox Media Empire to invite you to join us as one of our Outsports podcasters once a week, game day tea featured on Outsports. What do you say? I'll say, get my lawyers in, yes! <laughs> <laughs> I'll have the proper authorities yes. reach out to you with all the contractual details. Darius, uh, congratulations. Welcome to the family. There, There's a little bit more color at all sports, which is a good thing. That's what we need. <laughs> we need. We need to have in living color. And we also need someone with humor, and we need somebody with smarts. And most of all, I love the fact that you just love doing what you're doing. And that's something you can't teach somebody. Yeah. I can teach podcasting to anybody, but I can't teach the love of talking, of sharing, of listening. And yeah. that's something you've gotten just in tons, tons and tons. And we're looking forward to having you part of the family. It'll come. It's not gonna it's gonna be a little while. We've got the uh, level playing field isn't going away right away, but uh come I think it's gonna be September, October, we'll have you on board once we get all the paperwork signed. I want to thank you for beaming up to the transporter room, Darius. It's been a pleasure. Oh, now look, pleasure. Now look forward to te- so look forward to getting in the getting on that game day. T, I'm holding you to it. All right, because we got to talk about some. We got to talk about how about them dogs. <laughs> yes, we do. Oh no, no, the Gators rule. Gators rule. Gators rule. Oh, Gale. Oh, oh no, you go go somewhere. Oh, with the, go God. somewhere. With the, go somewhere with the Florida Gators. Your Steve Spurrier with Mr. I'm Steve Spurrier. I'll I'll bet you right here now. I am the only one here who has actually worked the Florida Georgia game more than once too. I the cocktail party. You gotta let us know, Don. You gotta let us know. State them credentials. Well, I used to I used to work in Jacksonville, and I worked at a station that literally was across the street from where the Jaguars play, the home of the Florida Gators uh, Mm -hmm. and Georgia. Georgia Bulldogs game every year. I love that game. All right, now we got to beam you down to Oakland and the San Francisco Bay Area. You get on home now. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna All beam right. you back down. See you soon, Darius, and congratulations. Welcome to the family. Thank you. Bye bye, y'all. Take care. It's gonna be rugby week at Outsports. Next week. Next week, talking a little bit more about the rugby situation. Grace McKenzie. From Bay Area Women's Rugby coming on is going to come on the show. Grace is a part of the Grace was one of the founders of the petition effort, calling for World Rugby to review what they've reviewed and actually talk to some people that actually play the sport when they're reviewing it, and talk to trans people who play the sport when you're reviewing it. It's going to be a very good interview. I'm looking forward to it, and I think you will too. Everybody, tune in. Every Wednesday on the Outsports platform. Thanks, Carly. Steady Thanks, as she goes. God. Live long and prosper. <laughs>